1: And 365 day returns.
2: I'm Sheila Scheuger, and welcome to Ready to Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognize, others you might not. But my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort, or simply entertain you. This episode is a beginner's guide to numerology. In this conversation, I chat to John Kenny, someone who's been studying numbers and their meaning for over 30 years now. I ask where numerology comes from, What certain numbers mean, what to look out for, and what to avoid doing. And he also talks about things like the master numbers and tells us how to figure out our life path, personal year, and inner need numbers while answering some questions I was sent in on Instagram as well. I'll pop details into the show notes on how to figure out your own life path number, as it's sometimes easier to see an example in front of you to figure out your own. As you'll hear in our chat, it's tricky to give a comprehensive rundown of all the different elements in a single podcast. But I hope you listen to this episode with an open mind and see what you make of it. So, John, thank you for agreeing to have this conversation. Uh, I'm excited about this one because I have always wanted to, and I thought about doing this podcast first. I wanted to kind of zone in on topics that I was into that I wanted to learn more about. And numerology has really presented itself. Our numbers have presented themselves recently to me in my personal life and through conversations I've had in this very podcast, so I feel like the timing is right to delve deep um, and talk about numbers. Can you talk to us about the origins of numerology? I mean, it's it's an ancient practice. Is it difficult to describe where it came from?
3: It is because I wasn't there when it started You know. There's records of uh, Pythagoras in ancient Greece and his school of mathematics. And one branch of their uh, study of mathematics was the business of numerology. They also studied other things, uh, other forms of mathematics, and they're all widely used today in accounting, in uh, bridge building, in engineering projects, etc. The branch that interested, interested me most was the human factor. What do numbers mean to humans? And... Um, When you look at something like your life path number, which is defined by reducing your date of birth to a single number, that is like a guideline as to what your soul intends for you to do in each lifetime. And you have different lifetimes. I mean, some people aren't familiar with reincarnation as a principle. I'm afraid I've just, over the years, just accepted it because I've seen too many examples of, old souls in young bodies. You know, you see some of the kids today and they're so wise. You just know they've been here before. Uh, The early part of a person's birth chart, the numbers tell you, like, uh, do you remember the old-fashioned photographs where you had a negative before you got a positive? Mm. Well, what it shows you in your birth chart is the little bits and pieces of jobs you didn't get finished in previous lifetimes plural more than one lifetime and the f- the numbers represent uh, those difficulties th- th- those challenges that hit you in early life and they they're put there deliberately by your soul so that you, d- you don't dodge them it wants you to overcome them it wants you to transmute them into something higher and you yourself, if you were conscious of what you're dealing with, would want to get them out of your way as well. Mm. So,
2: And that is sometimes a comforting way of looking at challenges when they come into your life as rather than seeing them as this dreadful thing that can happen, that actually they're a messenger.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Let's talk about the life path number. Mm. So for somebody listening who doesn't know how to find out what theirs is,
3: it's, it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty straightforward and there's a complex way of doing it and a simple way of doing it. The simple way is what you'll find in things like magazines and stuff like that. What you do is you add all the numbers of your date of birth together until you get a double digit and then you add the double digit together until it becomes a single digit. And that's your life path number.
2: And that sounds really complicated. But w- when you look at it as as the, f- the first, you know, digit or two, depending on the day of the month, then the month and then the year as separate. It's, it's straightforward enough, isn't it? So for me, my birthday is the 13th of the 4th. So you add three and one, you get four. Yep. It's the fourth month. So that's another four. So yep. two fours. Yep. And then the year was 1979. Yep. You add them up and uh, I'm not good at math, so you'll fill in the gap.
3: Well, the one and nine makes 10. And numerology okay. hates double digits. So one plus naught is one. So you've got, under the 19, you've got a number one. Okay. And under the seventy the nine part of your date of birth, that's seven plus nine. Is sixteen one and six makes seven. So you've now got four four one seven underneath your date of birth, the thirteenth of the fourth, nineteen seventy nine. That gives us the early part of your life. And that's the part I was saying where you bring in certain loads from previous lifetimes that you have to shoulder and deal with in this lifetime. And when you, in your turn, got to age thirty four. That tendency to always do things the awkward way faded. And the reason it faded was because it struggled away till then, doing things the awkward way until you were sick and tired of it. Uh, But you also got good at being more efficient.
2: That's interesting, yeah. And that
3: efficiency then brings you confidence in the years after age 34. 34 was the turning point. There's another one for you, by the way, at 43. So watch this space.
2: So let's talk about everybody's own individual birthday we all have one okay why
3: is it significant because it marks clearly for people what it is their soul wants them to do in this lifetime it defines the modus operandi that will deliver happiness to each soul so for instance yours is a 7 life path so if you do the 7 life path which is about analysis understanding and spirituality analysis means you need to get your facts you like to get your facts that's what gives you a buzz Um, you need time to digest what you've learned and your happiness depends on you having that time you don't like to be rushed in other words and the third part, your spirituality, requires that you take the first two steps: that you get your facts, you take your time to understand them, and then you can make decisions about taking leaps of trust—trusting yourself, trust in your deductions, trust in your guidance, even as far as trust in your God or trust in your lover or whoever. So, if you get your facts and you take your time to understand them, and, and you make your moves, then therefrom, you're a happy rabbit. And if you get knocked backwards, say life knocks you back or you're bereaved or you're dumped or you're fired or something that sets you back, or you're ill, that can knock you backwards as well. If you're going backwards on your life path and you're not getting your facts, you automatically are set up to fail in understanding because you're missing some of your facts. So if you blank things... uh, then you can't understand if you can't understand that increases your insecurity and your insecurity then stops you trusting yourself and your deductions and so on everybody has a different life path number and if you get lost in life if you want to get your bearings back in life you need to go back to the original uh, date of birth because that never changes well i mean if you're some sort of silly superstar and you want to hide your age and you change date of birth and that nonsense but I'm talking about the ordinary punter the ordinary punter doesn't change their date of birth in your date of birth there's all the guidance you need to get back on the path to that those actions that will make you happy or unhappy and most of us choose to be happy
2: let's go back to the numbers themselves the one to nine and the master numbers Um, And, and why somebody listening might be interested in exploring it and and what it might bring to their life what is the benefit of opening yourself up to this knowledge
3: understanding with understanding you can make progress in life you can fix your own problems you can sort yourself out you can get yourself back uh, into the ability to make yourself happy as opposed to floundering in life and blundering into making yourself unhappy because you don't know where on earth you are Um, it is very 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 good at getting people back in touch with the cycle they're in Um, for instance if you're in a number one personal year a number one period Hmm. uh, you can lose sight of who you are Uh, you can have low self esteem you can have a sense of not having gotten anywhere in life And you think to yourself, God, that's miserable. But when you think about it, that is your soul providing stimuli to get you to go inside yourself and find out who you are today. It's getting you off your bum. Mm. And if you go inside yourself and find out who you are currently, then you come out and you express yourself better and you don't end up people-pleasing. And that gives you some self-esteem. So each of the periods... Uh, like the two period is about relationships and cooperation. Well, obviously, the downside of that, the, the, the undercurrent that you have to deal with, the stuff you have to shed is war and conflict, you know, not getting on with people. In the number three period, if you're learning, if you're expressing, if you're true to yourself, if you're natural, if you're creative, you're happy. But the downside of that is you've got to do some shedding. And the shedding is things like depression, tears from nowhere, uh, being idealist, you know, having no ideas of what's going on and things like that. Mm. And a four-period, the the call is for you to um, sort out your problems, sort out your difficulties, overcome your limitations and move from lower service to higher service if you can. And the downside of that is that you've got to shed... The type of work that is useless and pointless, and get it out of your way. And you've got to get rid of uh, chaos and so on. Um, twenty twenty is that year, by the way. We can talk about that if you wish. I'd love to. Yeah. Twenty twenty is uh, there are two twos and two two plus two makes four. The zeros disappear. That means the world is challenged to. Um, put order where you find disorder, overcome limitation and move from lower service to higher service. When we're faced with this element of number four in our personal year, and it kicks in after our birthday, we get a chance to uh, up our game, to do a better job, Maybe, maybe even change what you do, change what you do completely. But that's usually when somebody's in a number four personal year, not just 2020, but in their own personal year, if the date of their last birthday reduces to a number four, that's often a year that people change jobs.
2: Really? That's so interesting Mm. because I do think and I'm having these kind of conversations with people as well about Questioning, am I am I living my purpose? Am I doing what I'm truly meant to be doing? And obviously now that a lot of people have been forced to work from home, some people have been laid off. The work landscape has changed radically for many of us. And people are kind of asking themselves, you know, separate to the concerns about paying the bills and getting food on the table. Mm. Is this what I want to be doing? Is this what I'm good
3: at? Absolutely, totally valid. Yeah. Absolutely couldn't have you know that's nailing it that's absolutely what it's for this pandemic uh, and the pandation as they're referring to the you know change in the economics it gives us all pause pause to stop and choose again what it is we should be doing and there is a thing called one's career option and your career option is It's a bit more tricky to get to. You need to talk to a professional about it. Uh, It's when you combine your personality with your life path number that you find expression in a a career option. Now, a career option is... It's it's like plan B for people. Uh, Typically, what happens is when we go through the educational process and call it school or university we'll fall into the first job that will take us as opposed to us making a choice as to what it is we want to do. And then somewhere in our 30s, sometimes 40s, sometimes 50s, people go, uh, I think I'd rather do something different, but I don't know what it might be. Your career option gives you pointers, and those pointers can uh, put you in a totally different field of expertise, a uh, field of employment, should I say. Uh, yours, for instance, is a number four career option. So you could do higher service. You could be called to hire service as life goes on. You're in a number three personal year, which obviously three is before four. So you're in the planning stages before you make career moves, job moves next year, your next personal year. So this is a year for planning what to do, to do what you'd like to do, for dreaming what it is you'd like to do. Okay. That dreaming is the beginning of the creative process of making change. So people sort of say, Well why are you so dreamy? Why are you so out of it this year? You're not out of it. You're in you're in the creative area. The creative area gives you a chance to take part in creating a new life for yourself. Instead of you just waiting for Santa Claus or your husband to make everything right. You've to make yourself happy. See? There's always, throughout each of the lessons, you have to take responsibility for yourself.
2: Isn't that such a brilliant, um, it's a brilliant point for all of us, regardless of where we're at in our lives. And I think it's something that I have discussed through a lot of conversations that I've had uh, on the podcast as well, that we have to tune in to ourselves and not expect anyone else to fix our problems or make us happy
3: um, no you have to take responsibility for your own happiness nobody else is going to deliver it to you for you if they do it's short term you know that's that's enslavement and relationships like that aren't proper relationships should be between equals mm. that's what lasts if you're dependent on a partner to deliver your happiness someday they're going to get browned off and not deliver Or they'll just simply go to work and you'll be going, where's my happiness?
2: The main reason I I wanted to have this conversation was due to... It felt like I was getting little messages myself. Sit down, discuss this, let's talk numerology. Because in the last few podcast conversations I've had, numbers have appeared. Mm. And they seemingly have had some significance. So with Georgie and Jamie recently, we shared the fact that... um, Both myself and Georgie were diagnosed with cancer at the age of 32. And her husband, Jamie, was diagnosed with MS when he was 32. Mm. So that was that one. And then in the conversation last week with with Rosanna, the number 11, particularly 1111, was really significant
3: in her life. Well, let's take the ones, the ones when they pop in, if it comes in in singularity, say the, the number 19, creating one and nine is 10, one plus naught is one. That can point to the need for people to look at themselves, to uh, examine themselves. Um, Wasn't it Socrates said, the unexamined life is not worth living? Um, The 11 is the search for enlightenment and uh, how to relate to people better. So very often what happens with the, the, the enlightenment, the search for enlightenment is... We want to get smart so we have something smart to pass on to our children. And the fact that uh, the 11 is winking at Rosanna repeatedly points to the fact that, you know, she's going to need to know more to pass on to this child because this child is special.
4: Okay.
3: If you follow the 11s popping up in your chart, I've got five of them, by the way, in my chart. Um, They're a nuisance when when I'm young because it points to the fact that I was quite psychic when I was young. Not in the sort of crystal ball way, but I was able to read people and read people's moods uh, quite naturally. I didn't have to be taught it. It just came to me naturally that I could hear the inarticulate speech of the other person and uh, know what they couldn't say. But I would find words which I'd be able to say to them and they'd go, how did you know that? How did you know I needed to say that? How did you know I needed to language that? Um, That kind of psychic ability. Um, If you have these numbers in your chart when you're young, it can make you vulnerable, but as you get older, it becomes a life skill, provided you don't compromise in some other way.
2: So for those of us who are seeing 1111 often, and it certainly happens to me on a daily basis, Uh, And I know because I got a lot of messages from people on Instagram saying the same. Like, what does it mean? Sometimes I have read that it's like a message to say you're on the right path. Is that accurate? Uh,
3: Yes. It also is there to uh, remind you that you need to search for enlightenment in this life. And you needn't try and go through life without looking for enlightenment. Because without enlightenment, uh, what's the purpose of your life? You need to learn something all the time. To stay stimulant, stimulated, Um Have you ever seen uh, an older person who's got, still got their curiosity? Mm. That's the kind of us we want to turn into. Yeah. We want to be staying fresh by constantly, you know, ferreting out new information. Um, if we close down, uh, will we go dull? Mm. And dull leads to depression, leads to unhappiness. Thank you, but no, thank you. Don't want to do that.
2: Yeah, my own granny is, is very much that person. She's 100 and, uh, and still as sharp as a tack. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah.
3: Mm. And I bet you that strikes a chord with you that that's the way you want to be. And well, it would,
2: yeah, I mean, it would be the dream. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: She's amazing. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. Mm.
3: Well, all of us have a chance to do that. And the 11 popping up everywhere is, uh, call it life, instructing us that that's the way to go the constant search for enlightenment so that you can pass on to others what you've learned, not just keep it to yourself. So mm-hmm. I'm sure your granny every now and again drops a pearl of wisdom your way and you mm. go, goodness me. Mm. Hmm? Yes. A hundred, a hundred years of age and still ticking nicely.
2: Yeah. It's quite something, isn't mm-hmm. it? And yes. the other
3: part about the 11 is that uh, 11 is mercurial in the sense that it can stay one beside one, meaning 11, But in an instant, it can go 1 plus 1 equals 2. And then in another instant, go cling, and it's back to 1 beside 1. It's mercurial. It keeps changing. So when 11 keeps winking at you, it's telling you you can learn stuff from other people. And you've got to be tuned into other people. And to tune into other people, you've got to be still. Mm. You can't have a head full of your own stuff jumping around like monkeys the Buddhists call it monkey mind, um, and attune yourself to another person. If you can be still, what happens is, not only do you feel better, but you can attune to other people much better if you're still in yourself. Mm. Um, So the 11 popping up like that is reminding people, be still and you'll know stuff.
2: I love that. So 11 and 22 are the master numbers. And I said to you before we had this conversation that I was driving in. And when I so happened, I would normally I don't think anyway, I would normally take in, you know, um, the numbers on the dashboard, but it was telling me how many miles were left in my tank of petrol and it came up with two, two, two. And I mentioned to you before that twos and fours appear to me quite often. Right, and I was curious because is there any link between seeing the three twos uh, and the master number twenty-two?
3: Not a huge, not a huge deal. You see, okay. If you go back to basic Latin, "sticio" means I observe. "Super" means over, so superstition comes from that origin. So if I over observe something, if you were looking at your tank and going two, 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 oh, my God, what's that mean? And you're building it up into a big, you know, what is that? What is that? Uh, that's superstition. Okay. Most religions are based on superstition. This, I'm, you know what? I'm actually
2: so relieved now that I brought that up because I think this is important because there will be people that will never click into this conversation because, excuse my language, but I think it's horseshit, right? Do you know what I mean? There there will be people. And I am naturally quite sceptical by nature. I don't think it's a negative thing. I think it's just, maybe it's back to what you said about me that I'm quite questioning. I will always try and keep an open mind, Mm. because I am open-minded, but I also like to go, yeah, but do I connect with this or do I feel this? And I usually go by that gut instinct then. Does it resonate? Does it resonate, big time.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, And I think there's a healthy, I have a healthy amount of I'm not just going to buy into this without investigating it. That's sure. just the way I'm. I'm wired, I suppose. Yeah. But for people who just think, "Ari, yeah, look, numbers," I don't know. I don't know if I'm into it or not. I'm really glad that that this has come up because you're basically telling me that I see. I saw those three twos, and while I may have made the assumption there must be something in this, you're telling me
3: perhaps not. I'm saying, "Whoa, horsey." Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Don't take it too far. Okay, rein it in. Yeah, (laughs) good. Okay. I I just want to talk about the the 22. The the 22 is one of the master numbers and it rarely appears in a chart and it rarely occurs in a personal year. It's almost impossible because it's just the numbers don't get there. Um, But what 22 means is is the it's the number of God's stewardship on the earth. That means you have to trust in God, but tie your camel first. That sentiment appears in the Quran. It appears in various religious texts. Mm. Um, What it's saying, the message of it, it appears in the tarot. uh, The card zero is secretly card 22. Mm -hmm. Um, What it's saying is, look, you can trust in God all right, but for God's sake, do your homework do what you're supposed to do as a human you know do that and then you can ask for help from god but don't go to god and say look fix it all for me please because that's not going to it's not going to work it's not going to happen you haven't done your bit you haven't contributed so the principle is behind the 22 is that you look after your patch mm. here on the earth so for instance for you it might be you your listeners your family your son uh, for me, it's the healing house. It's the people who come to the healing house. That's my patch. I have to look after that patch. And I've been doing it now for a number of years and it, it makes me happy to do that. I
2: really connect with chakras. And yeah. for me, a big part of my meditation practice is to simply ground myself, mm-hmm. feel very anchored yeah. and and connect with, you know, the base chakra, the Muladhara. Yeah. And when I can do that, when I feel like I'm I'm hooked in and it's interesting yeah. when you talk about you know, tying the camel, that's when I perhaps can connect with with something higher. So, yeah, I think a lot of people want to get there, but don't know how. And sometimes all we have to do is bring it back to basics.
3: Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because the, you're on a seven life path and your uh, chakras, there are seven principal chakras. Yeah. And what you would have to watch for in this lifetime is being too heady, mm-hmm. too much up in your head. If you're too much up in your head, your imbalance then can make you make mistakes. It can make you trip over your feet emotionally, physically, all sorts of ways. So what you're talking about there of coming down to your base chakra is absolutely right for you because it takes you down out of your head. Yeah. If you didn't, you could end up suffering from racing brain syndrome. Racing brain sy- syndrome is when your brain goes too damn fast and you can't slow it down and it means you can't sleep properly, you can't get to deep levels of sleep, you can't relax. Uh, you could even go so far as to develop a panic attack. Okay. Racing brain syndrome requires relaxation. Some people need medication to help that that syndrome. Some people can get there just with hands-on healing. I, I, I've i been dealing with loads of people with panic attacks since the COVID-19. And essentially, if you explain to people what the problem is, their brain is racing, they automatically start going, oh, is that what it is? Oh, Janie, I thought it was, my heart was going to burst out of my chest. When they can get their head around it, yeah, They can begin to overcome the tendency to let the brain race. And then they're back in control themselves. And, you know, life can carry on without medication and so on.
2: Mm. I think this is really um, useful information mm. and practical for people, because for me, I've learned through down to the years and I, I'll continue to learn, you know, and that's that's a, a you know, a given. Um, but I've kind of learned a few tools that are very effective quickly effective for somebody like me. Yeah. So when I feel like I'm getting all up in my head or getting stressed, I'll usually just whip off the shoes as well and stand out the back and earth myself.
3: Perfect. I was just going to say, use your feet. Yeah, I do it a lot. Your feet are your best friend. Have a reflexology. Put your feet in a basin of water, or mm. warm water or even cold water. Paddling in the sea will bring you back down out Big of your head. Time. Um time. Epsom salts, an Epsom salts foot bath takes you down out of your head. Having an ordinary bath as opposed to shower will ground you, a uh, shower will too, but uh, a bath will do a more thorough job.
2: Yeah. And as you said, particularly now, because a lot of people are maybe in their heads a lot because we're, we are overthinking, we're analysing, we're we we're fretting about the situation we find ourselves in and the uncertainty, the unknown and the what is around the corner, what's going to happen in a month six months time. So, yeah, these practices really important to start implementing now
3: oh absolutely mm. uh, as you said there people are uh, anxious at this time mm. well you see the thing about being anxious is uh, we all need a certain amount of fear to stop us walking down dark alleys at night and taking stupid risks um, but when we overdo it when we're Overthinking, as, as you said, racing brain syndrome, when you put that to work on fear, it multiplies fear up to an enormous sort of obstacle. And a lot of people get stuck behind that obstacle and they can't move. They can't change. They can't relax. They can't sleep. They worry so much they become inefficient. Mm. And then they get fired or, or they can't do the job. Or, you know, uh, a lot of people were saying that they became... Mildly agrophobic uh, because of the lockdown, they were afraid to come out. A lot of my elderly friends are afraid to come out. Yeah. Um, you know, even going to supermarkets, you can see them like moving through it in a very nervous fashion. And then they come across the the foolish ones who aren't wearing masks and they're not taking precautions and they're not observing social distancing, and they're you know making people even more anxious
2: that's right yeah and I hope the message gets out there more and more that you know and there is that thing where when if you are in a supermarket and you do see an elderly person wearing the mask and if you're not wearing one like the point is that by you wearing it you're protecting them them wearing it they're protecting you but us I think uh, anyone that is under the age of 65 really it's our responsibility to protect everybody else absolutely absolutely. yeah such an important message OK, I'm going to go to some questions that were sent in on Instagram. Shoot. So the first one here is, can numbers
3: change for you at different points in your life? Absolutely. We just said earlier that uh, the, um, the personal year marks a change of curriculum. So what happens is on your birthday each year, you start a new season of learning. And within that personal year, you have a spring, you have a summer, you have an autumn and you have a winter. And your energies uh, rise and fall according to this. In your springtime, that's the time for you, the first three months after the date of your birth. That's the time when you break new ground and you sow your seeds and you go for it. Um, then you hit the summer period and your soul says, now stand back now, and get an overview and catch your breath. So it's allowing you to pace yourself. And that's three months as well. The third three-month period is your autumn period when you're supposed to go out and gather, gather, gather to yourself whatever crop you're growing each year. And it's a different crop every year. Uh, And then in the winter period, your energy starts to run down. So that's the period when you winnow through your crop and you get rid of the stones and the chaff and the rubbish and you get down to the kernel of what you're looking for in any one particular year. Now, what you need to be aware of is that there's two periods that can be a little tricky one is the mid-heaven. That's three weeks coming up to the middle of your personal year, and three weeks leading away from the middle of your personal year. That's like the doldrums. You know, you don't know where you are at that time, and people can get cranky and tense at that time because the energy's not this and it's not that either. You know, so then the other period—that that's that's not a great time to sign contracts or, you know, strike deals or um, explode on people or whatever. If you sort of know that that's the tricky period for you, go through it calmly, quietly, keep away from big decision making. Three weeks after that mid-heaven period, you're in good, good order again and off you go. You can sign your contracts, you can do what you want.
2: Very interesting. A friend of mine completely retreats coming up to his birthday.
3: That's because at the end of your personal year, you're at the tail end of your winter. Mm-hmm. And at the tail end of your winter, you're running out of juice. You have no energy left. And uh, you haven't got the spring energy into your system yet, and you won't get it for about three weeks into your birth after your birthday. So the period coming up to your birthday is like the most it's, it's the darkest hour before dawn, if you understand.
2: What would you say to somebody, because I've had this with a friend of mine, because I've I've been talking about numbers for a few years um, and they've said, I'm seeing them now, I'm seeing them more than ever. But I don't know whether I'm seeing them more now because you made me aware of them. And now that I'm aware of them, I'm seeing them. Do you know what I mean? So they're 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 not sure whether there's a message in it, or whether it's simply that their awareness
3: was brought to it. I would say that that would depend on the individual. Some people get a natural curiosity around numbers, particularly as they get older, because it's almost like their soul is looking at their watch, going, hey, you know what time it is? You know, we're running out of time here. You don't want to go to your grave without knowing more. Okay. So your soul sort of prompts you to pay attention. And then there's the other per- the person who, as you say, somebody stimulates them to the, the presence of numbers. And that's like, you know, a tune that you hear and it becomes an earwig. It's stuck in your ear and it won't go away. Uh, That's different. That's that can be quite irritating. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a tune that, you know, you hate, but the damn thing won't stop playing in your head. So I'm the irritating pal.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. the next question here is. (laughs) My numerology number is four and my first name has four letters in it. Does this mean anything?
3: Yes, it means you're superstitious about the number four. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. okay. Superstitious means overobserving. <laughs> right. uh, what would be uh, much more use is if you, uh, if your friend, the, the, whoever's phoned in there, um, analysed the letters of the name. You see, in numerology, there's also um, a code for the letters of your name. So, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, they all have different numbers, one to nine. Yeah. So, for instance, A is number one, B is number two, C is number three, and so on, up to the number nine. And, and uh, they go
2: back to one again, then, is they it? They go back to
3: one again. Yeah. And you, you don't do 11, so you, uh, just the one to nine. And that can help you to analyse your name. Uh, and your optional name for instance let's say you're called Beverly (coughs) and you want to call yourself Bev Mm. there'll be a different vibration to Bev than there is to Beverly
2: another question here is I see doubles on the clock a lot as in 10 10 11 11 22 22 is there any significance to this
3: yeah again yeah what you're being told is don't go too far um that's 10 10 That 22, that 11, all of those numbers, they're on a clock. They're rotating. They're going to be there tomorrow. They're going to be there next week. Again, you have this thing of over-observing. Now, if you find out the significance of the numbers, the real significance, not the superstitious one, then you can start uh, analysing things properly. Um, But to just look at these numbers and think, oh, hello, hello, that's craziness. Mm-hmm. It's a form of craziness. There's a kind of rule of thumb in numerology. If you see uh, a number on its own, that's hello. If you see two of the number, you go, hello, hello. If you see three of a number, you go, hello, hello, hello. And if you see three or more, you go, hello, 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 hello. What's going on here? But that's just inviting you to study what it means.
2: And is it the number that presents itself? So say for me, it's the two. So the two, two, two. It's not the two plus two plus two is six. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Is it, the, do you look at the two or do you do you add them?
3: You add them. Or you add them. And when you add that two plus two plus two, it brings you to balance, responsibility and love. Balance means you need to pay attention that you sort out your own emotional difficulties. Don't be waiting for somebody else to do it. Responsibility with a capital R means response ability, the ability to respond to your gut feeling. Mm. Love with a capital L means that you've been called to reach for the highest form of love, which is unconditional love. So you've got things like the love of parents and child. You've got things like sibling love. You've got things like paternal and maternal love. But the biggie is unconditional love. And we're all called to do that as we get older. This mm. is where we can put ourselves aside for others. And of course, you know, motherhood is one of those examples where this little baby bomb arrives in your life and, you know, forces your heart to expand. And, you know, mm. it it really s- strikes a chord at this.
2: Yeah, for sure. I don't believe in coincidences. I, I do think there is... Uh... There is a divine timing to everything in life. But for those who think that's what they are, it's just a coincidence I'm seeing this number. It doesn't really mean anything. Yes, I'm seeing it, but there is no purpose or meaning to it.
3: Well, it stimulated you to ask me, who knows about numbers or study numbers for donkey's years, whereas your study of numbers hasn't been in depth yet. And, uh, you know, maybe you're being uh, called upon to learn more about the numbers and what they mean and what they can do for you. I teach people to draw up charts for themselves and for other people. And the easiest person to read for is a stranger Mm -hmm. because you don't have any preconceptions, you don't have a wish list, uh, you're just reading the numbers straight. Um,
2: And you're not emotionally connected to them either. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Um, I teach on a one-to-one basis and I also teach uh, small groups I find that most people want to be read for rather than learn to read Mm -hmm. so that's why I end up just teaching the ones who are interested on a one-to-one basis and you can teach people the basics of numerology in just four sessions after that it requires practice, practice, practice just like if you want to play at Carnegie Hall you need to practice, practice, practice
2: the next question is, I always see the number 7-7 seven, seven,
3: and my brain thinks why? <laughs> well, as we said, 7 is about analysis, understanding and spirituality, but two sevens is about overthinking.
2: <laughs> so it's interesting they said and my brain thinks why. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: it's overthinking. <laughs> okay. And I, that that's not a criticism. Please don't turn it into a criticism because it's not. What it is, is an observation of uh, what the Two numbers and the curiosity around the two numbers is you can overthink something, and uh, all life is calling for balance, all life is calling to you know return to harmony. We need balance. So, if you understand the number seven, that's enough, yeah, that's enough, that'll calm your brain.
2: Another question on Instagram is what do the numbers six, four, five mean? Obviously, a significant. Uh, sequence of numbers for
3: this person well add it together and it makes uh, number six And number six is take responsibility for your own happiness don't be waiting for god over to for santa Claus, take responsibility
2: one of the questions i was actually sent in by direct message on instagram was does figuring out your partner's life path number and yours together help do you know in deepen your understanding of your relationship?
3: Absolutely. If you can uh, understand your partner's life path number, you'll understand their life's purpose. And if you love somebody, you'll do your best to assist them to achieve their life's purpose. Um, it'll also help you to understand your partner's perspective. So for instance, let's say you're having an, an argument about something. Well, if you get thick about it, you won't be able to see things from their point of view. You'll cling to your own values and not consider theirs. And that conflict can lead to breakups and divorce and all sorts of things. Whereas if you have a handle on, you know, where your partner's really coming from, you know, their soul's consciousness, and you make allowance for that, now you can start to see things from their perspective and, you know, Back off, trying to have it all your own way. Because we all need to compromise. Mm-hmm. It's about balance. Relationships are supposed to be about a a balance between two people. It's not supposed to be, you know, hierarchical, where one is on top and the other subservient. Pfft, that will never work. If it works, it's not a healthy relationship.
2: Mm. What about somebody who's single and is thinking, "I am, you know, life path X, whatever it is." Say two. Mm-hmm. Who am I best suited to, and then go on the first date and say, "Come here, what's your date?" <laughs> I need <laughs> to figure out if we're a good match. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I'm being, I, I, I don't mean to be frivolous about it, or no, no. or be too lighthearted, but you know, sometimes people uh, want to attract certain yeah. vibrations into their life, yeah. certain personality types. Yeah.
3: When I was younger, you know, in my thirties and early forties, I used to think that. Um, People whose life path numbers were even belonged with people whose life paths were also even. And people whose numbers were odd, like seven and three and nine, they would belong in relationships with fives and you know other number ones and people who were uh, uneven numbers. But then life kicked me in the head and said, that's rubbish, because I kept coming across these chalk and cheese relationships, which were working out brilliantly. And um, uh, yourself, for instance, I mean, you guys, you know, nobody would have put you together. Yeah. Except you have this spark of difference. If, mm-hmm. you, if you were too similar, you'd have a sort of brotherly-sisterly relationship and it would be, uh, as I said earlier, passionless. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that you spark each other differently, uh, that keeps it interesting. Yeah. So
2: taking everything that we have spoken about over the past while into consideration, for those listening who want to find out their life path number, what would be other numbers that they could figure out that would be beneficial to their lives?
3: Their inner need. Your inner need is what supports your personality. Your personality is the mask you create to interface with the people around you. So, for instance, um, you were called Sheila when you were a kid. And uh, Sheila means the communicator. And um, when you get to the school gates, you discover that there's four other kids or five other kids called Sheila. So now you have to really put Sheila and Shoga together. And when you do this, you create the first major mask that interfaces with other people. This is the one that... Uh, gets you invited to the birthday parties, that gets you past the first job interview that you present when you're going out socially and you meet people and professionally and so on. So the personality that you create is different to the personality of baby Sheila. Baby Sheila, the communicator, changes to Sheila Shoggy because, as I say, she has to distinguish herself from other Sheilas. And you create the personality number six, which is balanced, responsible, and loving, which is a lovely personality, and it works for you, and it opens doors. But it has a running cost, and the running cost is the, in your case, the need for you to learn to express the joy of living through your creative nature. And one way is maternity, you know, having a child, and um, that fulfills your inner need. And if your inner need is fulfilled, your personality is sustained and it works for you so how do we
2: find out what our inner need number is so if my life path number is seven and yet my inner need number is six
3: your inner need number is actually three in your case
2: oh okay how do
3: we get there how do we find that out you take the first name analyze it on the one to nine scale you take the second name analyze it on the one to nine scale and add those two together and then you take the vowels and you add those all together and that allows you to get to it It's a little more complex than just talking about it over the radio. When people come to me for a reading, uh, we usually spend about an hour together and I tell them to turn on the recording device on their phone because there's a lot to be said from a a birth chart, a huge amount to be said, more than we've said in this interview. And you can only probably process a certain amount during Uh, the session. Exactly, and people forget and people jumble what you've said in their head. But if Mm. they record it... And then play it back for themselves later. It's a much clearer picture.
2: So we have our life path number. We'll find out what our inner need number is. Yep. Any other numbers we should be Pers- aware of?
3: Personal year. Your personal year is the curriculum you're working on at the moment.
2: Okay, which is derived per- from birthday your birthday. to birthday. birthday, yeah. So if you've had your birthday over the past few months during the period of the pandemic, yep. you are already in a period of change. Things are happening. Yep. But perhaps if like you, your birthday is later on in the year, that learning or that awakening won't happen till later.
3: Well, I'm a November baby, so uh, the the 2020 influence won't hit my chart until I hit my birthday on the 18th of November. Mm -hmm. But globally, the 2020 is already affecting the world around me. So although I'm not sort of personally touched by it in uh, the internal sense the external sense I mean the slowdown in the economy the fact that we've all been socially isolating and um, cocooning uh, that's certainly uh, affected my life my inner life will start to change and react to the 2020 after my birthday Mm. yours was uh, April so you're already being affected by it and what, what happens, the curiosity in you wakes up and says, what's this 2020 about? What's it? All about? There's something behind it. I know there is, but I'm not sure what it is.
2: Yeah, which leads me to picking up the phone and contacting you yeah. to sit down and have this conversation. Wow. Well, yeah, because a few weeks ago, I, I, you know, having recording a podcast about numerology, it wasn't seemingly on my radar. And yet here we are having this chat um, next year, 2021. Yes. So a lot of people are, are, you know, we're we're trying to be in the moment. We're trying to be in the now and not fret too much about uh, about future days. But, you know, we're still in this period of will there be a second wave? What is this going to mean for us as a people? um Not just here in Ireland, but globally. And then what is a knock on effect? What is what is in terms of number wise and what you see? What is in store for 2021
3: from a numerology point of view? Um next year's a number five influence year. And the five influence is about a constructive freedom and variety. Construction is we all need to sort of fix our own lives as opposed to waiting for somebody else to do it for us. So again, you have that touch of responsibility. Um, freedom is going to be different for everybody. You know, like there's financial freedom, there's emotional freedom, there's mental freedom, there's spiritual freedom. Uh, There's also the freedom to travel, so next year we have more chance of being able to travel than this year, and it's going to affect you before it's going to affect me. One because you're younger, two because uh, your birthday is earlier in the year than than myself. I think people will find that they'll walk. A lot of people will walk away from where they've destructively enslaved themselves. You destructively enslave yourself in the same old negative patterns if you stay too long in a particular career that's not right for you. And you just do it for the money. You Mm -hmm. just do it for the mortgage. You just do it the sort of, because I can't think what else to do. You know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people need the crack in the conversation that you'll get around the water cooler in a big company. Uh, Other people find that uh, too much. There's a lot of sorting out going on at the moment where people are sort of saying, well, you know, I like the job, I, I like the work, but I don't like the company I'm working for. Or I, I like I, I, like the career, but not the job I'm in. There's a lot of reassessment going on. But the gates to freedom don't open until 2021. And that applies both to the pandemic restrictions and to economics and Uh, people's choice and a lot of people taking back their free will taking back their free will from things like mortgages from uh you know giving their free will away to bosses there was a lot of bad bosses out there and this pandemic is going to show them up very much so you know the bosses that are ungenerous at this time and uncaring
2: so what we do now has the knock-on effect yes yeah So be mindful of our of our choices, our actions.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I do think people are connecting with um, I think, you know, during this time, for me anyway, it's like you've you've rearranged what your priorities are, what's important, Mm. because we've all realized that actually we're not invincible and and we are actually quite vulnerable as you know, the human race is quite vulnerable when when it comes to something like this virus and how it has um, Affected the world, affected the people of the world, and you do start to go back to the drawing board and 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 appreciate what you have.
3: Yes, yeah, very much so. Yeah, so, much
2: so it's it's a good reminder, I suppose, um, to to yeah, to take stock of yourself, where you're at, what you're offering is, and all the things that we've probably discussed this entire time about, you know, finding what your purpose is and doing what you're good at and what you want to do. And I think this conversation has probably, I hope, it's opened people's minds to. Um, exploring the area of numerology in a little bit more detail. John, thank you so much. Pleasure. John spent the lockdown period writing a book on numerology which he hopes to have published soon. And if you'd like to contact him and book in a session, simply go to his website, thehealinghouse.ie. Thank you so much for listening to Ready to be Real Conversations.